well, well. Lots of reaction to Julie's little fall with the dogs from last week. And by reaction, I mean piling on. <laughs> yeah, but you're used to that. Yeah. Also in Chapter 92, we take an in-depth look at the singing show of all singing shows. Before The Voice and American Idol, there was Eurovision. Okay, so... You know, I I can always count on you guys to side with Julie on the Facebook page. That is a d- given no-brainer. Because I'm special and people like me. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to thank everybody who is, uh, you know, who've sent me um, their good thoughts regarding my injury and my, their well wishes. And mm. it's really appreciated. Yeah. Well, a lot of happy birthday wishes, too. Oh, yeah. And uh, but yeah, we uh, we got quite the uh, number of uh, people concerned with your your fall down the hill. Happy birthday, Julie! This is from Darlene Nanny. Uh, the best wishes for a speedy recovery. Very nice, uh, Lorna Tuck. Sorry, Julie. Uh, it looks like a piece of abstract art. Yeah. Talking about your bruise. Yeah. Two evergreen trees, and it's funny when you when you actually look at your arm. I didn't analyze it that way. It does look like two. Purple oh, yeah, well, evergreen. it's evolved since then. So. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's worse. I know. <laughs> so, to the point where uh, our buddy Danny, Danny Kingsbury, that hematoma. Okay, thanks, Dr. Danny. <laughs> that hematoma looks serious. How is your blood pressure, Julie, asking from experience? Well, we, um, Danny, thanks to your, your um, comment, we... Uh, Diagnosis. Yes, we... Uh, d- uh, Took my blood pressure, and it actually wasn't. No, it wasn't high. bad. No. But you've always been a, a bruiser, like you, I'm, you know, I've always been a bruiser, and it's usually dog related. But anytime, like you'll bang a shin or something, uh-huh. it, it looks like you were, you know, shot with a rocket launcher. So, um, thank you, Danny, for that. And then, of course, here we go. Here we go, Karen McGonigal, uh-huh. my old block buddy back in uh, Sutherland, Saskatchewan. What does she have to say? The visuals in my mind had me cringing. I hope you're okay, uh, Julie. <laughs> Jeff, stop being a baby and take the big-ass dog. Save your wife. <gasps> well, that does make sense. To which I had a very dignified uh, response, which was, uh, you're not the boss of me, Karen. So grown up. Uh, Lori Love, here's another one. Oh, yeah, you can always count on Lori to side with Julie. Here we go. Wow, that's big. I see at least eight weeks of no chores <laughs> Uh, lifting, pushing, pulling, cooking, mm. and anything else that I forgot to mention. Thanks, Laurie, but that doesn't exist in my world. Just calm down. It's a, <laughs> it's a couple of bruises. Oh. Jeez. So uh, there you go. Yeah, she did have quite the tumble. And the one thing we're 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 gonna con- if we do walk with the dogs, she'll continue to take the two dogs because I think yeah? that's the best bet. Well. It's, the the dumb thing was that leash around you. That was the that was the stupid part of this. Yeah, because I couldn't thing. let them go. Yeah, yeah. you just let them go next time. Yeah, I was I was like, yeah, they were pulling a toboggan. Yeah, you were like, <laughs> mush, <laughs> mush, right into the rock bank. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll uh, I don't know what we'll do. I'm they're they're so horrible on leash because they just they're, they're just not never that on. bad. We we you know what we had a really good stretch there for a bit. And they've they've just kind of this particular time got a little rangy and and the the surface of the forest was really moist and wet and mucky and muddy and slippery so I couldn't hold them back and it, it was it, a perfect it, storm of events yeah. there we were at the top of a hill yeah. and the other yeah. dog came by and uh, yeah 
anyway, that's that's in the, the rearview mirror, yes. and and uh, you know, hopefully, my bruising will be gone by Christmas. All right. Uh, I have an announcement to make. Very, very happy to announce that this chapter 92 is the first podcast to be uploaded by Fiber. We have Fiber. Now, I'm going to call this Fiber 2.0 because... Fiber 1.0 was an abject failure. Didn't we had, work. Yeah, Didn't we had work. to dig a trench. We'll get into that in a second. Fiber 2.0 only installed in the studio. Fiber 3.0 will be um, when they send us. Every... Yeah, it's, why can't it's it all so just weird. be like, so easy? Why can't it be easy, France? Yeah. So, so we we got in our package before we had to dig the trench. We got. A TV decoder, a TV remote, uh, one of those little internet fobs. What do you call that? Well, it's just a, uh, I think it's a 20 gig uh, portable internet that you can take with you. And so we, we got that with our package. And we got the live box. And we got the live box. But no, you have to order, at, and it's called on demand. It's com- It comes with your package. But no, no, you have to get on there and phone somebody and phone, go online. Phone, a number that you're charged for. From our phone provider. Correct. <laughs> and speak to a Wi-Fi specialist who will then send the repeaters, which are necessary to get the the Wi-Fi in all the uh, other, other, other buildings, buildings, including the main house. But was part of our original order. Yes. So... Everything's so... Co- uh, this uh, is uh, what I'm saying. Uh, Everything in this country is so freaking complicated. And, and so here's the other thing. The repeaters get delivered to a relay point. Oh, yeah, we got to go pick them up. We've got to go pick them up. The second live box, which is necessary for our second, uh, not live box, decoder, uh, decoder. Um, gets delivered to our house. Look, why can't everything just get uh, delivered at once? There are so many whys in this country, it is just uh, boggles the mind. But that, this is the stuff that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Okay, so that is all happening. I'm very happy with the speeds, at least at this point, uh, with with uh, Orange and our provider. That's the name of our provider. And then, but here's the thing. You know, after the uh, buffoon came here and sold us the bill of goods about, oh, no, no, it'll be no problem. Uh, yeah, they'll be able to bring it in from the street the way it is. And then, uh, of course, the uh, installer came and said, no, no, yeah. that's not possible. You uh, have to dig a trench. Yeah, and the installer is a, a subcontractor. Yeah. So he, he, not an, an orange employee, but employed by a, a company that has been given this contract. So there's a bit of a disconnect there because I think the salesman, yeah, oh. everything's good. Everything's fine. No problem. They don't know anything. And, he, <laughs> of course, we had to make way for his lunch with his wife. I mean, oh, my God. God forbid that we get any information here about something we've been waiting for for three years because you've got a lunch date planned with your Oh, just. So he's obviously racing. Remember I said yeah, in the yeah, last yeah. He's podcast, racing he's along. racing he's along. Saying, saying whatever we want to hear. Yeah. In any case, you did a great job. You you got Joel over with his little, what do you call that machine? Mini, mini Peller. It's just a little excavator. And, and yeah. uh, within a couple hours, we had a 50 meter plus uh, <laughs> yeah. trench dug. Yes. I'll include photos on the uh, Facebook page and, uh, at Jeff and Julie moved to France. So, And I had to do shoveling at either end, obviously, because they were on hills up to the post and down to the studio. And so that, that was, you know, digging through <laughs> cement. Um, so we got that done. Uh, and then 
they called uh, the the guy called right back the next uh, that while I'm digging he called mm-hmm. are you guys, are you available for tomorrow for an install yes yes, yes yeah. please yeah and you had purchased the the proper tubing or whatever you call it the conduit yep uh, fifty meters of that stuff so that they could uh, you yeah. know, install the feed it the, the fiber and you were telling me that the installer had to actually bring the fiber from one post oh it, it was over like, four posts really but you know here's the thing and I, I got to say Michael Michelle did a great job but if I hear that's not my job one more time oh I just hate that phrase I just I can't tell you how much I hate that phrase. Like, for instance, there was a big tree that had fallen against another tree, which the wires are going through. Mm-hmm. And all I was asking him if he could just get up there and just pull pull the the, the wires over a branch. Yeah, the, they weren't they weren't fiber wires though. Oh, I see. Oh, so that's can't not touch my those. job. Right. Yeah, but all you had to do is pull. Because here's the thing: if that tree continues to fall, it's going to pull all the other wires down, and it's going to just completely. Yeah, but maybe there's a liability issue. Oh, come uh, on. I don't know. I no. don't know. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Anyway, we got that done. Yeah, it's and while with... you were digging, you found a surprise. Holy. <laughs> I will include a picture of this on the Facebook page <laughs> because I'm digging right around the post on the on the road. So in the ditch kind of uh-huh. part, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, I hear clink and uh, I... I stopped digging. Normally, I just, you know, charge through. I'm glad I'd stopped digging because I unearthed a half bottle of wine. Now, I thought it was just an empty wine bottle. Mm-mm. It was full. Mm-hmm. It's a red wine. Yeah, it's from the uh, the Kaur region. So it's a Malbec, which is right around the corner from us. And it's called Chateau de Castella. And you checked in on this. It's still around. Uh, it's, still, it's still there. It's still a winery. They're still selling um, wonderful Kaur wines. Now, this bottle dates back to 1998. 1998. She's 25 years old. Right. So I said to Joel, look what I found. And he goes, well, drink it. And I go, I didn't even think of that. I honestly didn't. Because I th- I, I'm with you. I thought, oh, this is going to be gonna crap. It's going to be vinegar. Which I haven't opened it yet. No. But because uh, I want to show everybody at uh, this dinner. We'll, we'll get into that in a second here that we've got coming up. But uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 think about it. It's been un- It was underground. Mm-hmm. So chances, I mean, yes, it would have been not ideal because it would have been hot in the summer and cold in the winter. Yeah, not ideal. But you know what? It might be okay. Well, you'll you'll be the judge of that. And uh, if there's one thing I would say about a Malbec, it's it's a wine that can. Uh, oh, it stands the test oh, of time. Oh yeah, it's a very strong structured wine. Okay. So uh, we'll we'll I'll give That'll it a whirl. Be interesting. And I'll give you my review <laughs> <laughs> okay. on the uh, 1998 Chateau de Castella. But uh, I just thought it was kind of a cool. In the midst of all this mayhem, it was kind of a nice little. <laughs> it's so French. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I'm surprised there wasn't a baguette there as well. (laughs) So, yeah, as mentioned, we've got a big dinner coming up. So Julie, you know, comes to me and I mean, it's her birthday. And I said, you you know, what the what do you want for your birthday? Because you got everything, right? What do you need? No no more things. So I thought it would be a really good idea. And, and, you know, unfortunately, we had to limit the number of people that could come to this dinner. Oh, yeah, because so many people like us here. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, I think, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's a whole other story. But um, <laughs> we have uh, uh, 10, including uh, ourselves, that will be having dinner at the house. But I'm not 
cooking. No, that's the one thing. So Julie said, you know what I'd like? I'd like a nice dinner among friends that we have here, uh, And but I'm not cooking. And I thought, well, that's a good idea, so let's see what I can do here. So I call up Dirk and Kirsten, and they own the Moulin de Dos. Yeah, yeah Moulin de Dos, down in Dos. Yeah. And the restaurant has an amazing reputation. We eat there quite regularly. And Dirk is in the kitchen. Kirsten is front of house. Dirk's uh, the way he blends flavors and the way he's got textures well, and, and, and the and, the way and the he presentation. Pl- yes, he plates so beautifully. You don't even want to eat it. No, it's like art. It is art. Okay, and and by the way, for Danny Kingsbury, who's always asking for food pictures, maybe <laughs> if I remember on Saturday night, I'll take some food pictures for you, and we can include them on the on the Facebook page. Yeah, because it, it's it and and not only is it beautiful food, but it tastes amazing. Oh, it's during it's... during September we had your cousin Linda. And her husband, Sven, stay with us. And the front end of a three-week trip was spent here. And we took them to the Moulin de Dos. And they reported back after finalizing their trip and getting back home that they thought that that meal was the best. Of three weeks worth of eating in restaurants. And by the way, they were as far as Monaco. Mm-hmm. They went Mon- you know, Monaco and through Provence. And, yeah. they, and they said, no, this is it. And so uh, they typically close, uh, Dirk and Kirsten, close through the winter. Or just they're just open spotty. Like sometimes mm-hmm. they'll do something at Christmas or takeaway, mm-hmm. as they call it here. Um, and so I call him up and I said, you, would you guys want to do something fun and strange? And uh, so we had a little meeting and asked what yeah. you wanted to to have. And, and they're coming over uh, uh, tomorrow and we're going to have 10 folks, including us here, including them, too. Of which course. They, of they, course. They, they thought that was really strange. And I go, why not? You're friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to be wonderful. And it's going to be a, a mix of oh. of of people from all around the globe, really. So here's the thing. I figured it out. There are 10 of us at the thing, and there are eight different countries represented. So there's uh, Segalina and Olivia. They're both from France. Mm-hmm. Jeff and Julie, both from Canada. Mm-hmm. But here's the rest of the lineup, okay? We've got Ian, who did the renovation on the house, and and uh, just t- to this day, I I consider it one of the uh, eight wonders of the world that he was able to accomplish this during, <laughs> during the a pandemic. pandemic. Uh, and Cindy is here, former owner of our house. Yes. And so she's from Australia. Oh, uh, you didn't say where Ian was from, did you? I'm getting there. And Ian oh. is oh. from Scotland. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so that's two. Uh, that's so now we're up to four, mm-hmm. and then of course Dirk is from Holland, but Kirsten is actually from. She considers herself uh, Dutch, but she's originally from Germany. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's six, mm-hmm. and then we have Malin and Danielle coming from the alpaca farm, and Danielle is from Switzerland, mm-hmm. and Malin is from Sweden. Sweden. And Malin only speaks nine or ten languages, so she's got yeah. her choice. We're putting her in the middle so that she can do a lot of translation back yeah. and forth. Yeah. yeah, she and I, I think, will be the, uh, mm. the translators of the evening. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if Malin watched Eurovision this year because... Yeah, Sweden won. I'll bet you a hundred bucks she did. Huh, okay. Especially with, with them being, you know... Uh, I mean, it's a big thing here. Well, not so much here, but it's a big thing in Europe. Yes. And uh, I think it's a, it's a really big thing for those Nordic countries. They love it. Yeah. Like Norway and Sweden and Finland and Denmark. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. they love it. And you know, the audiences are huge. This is this is a, a, a song and singing competition. Right. 
um, that is organized by the European Broadcasting Union. And each country, the public broadcaster of that country, submits an entry uh, in into the contest. Yeah. And what's interesting ab- about this is th- they can take a, a number of different configurations, I guess you could say. For the most part, if you got a lead singer mm-hmm. and then you got some dancers. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what is the maximum? Six people on the stage? Six or? people on the stage. The singer has to be singing live and the song cannot be more than three minutes long. And it is kitschy as all hell. I'm <laughs> telling you, this thing is like people just say it's so Euro trash, but it is on a on a on a fun level. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you were speaking to someone the other day who has a whole party, oh, they have the around Eurovision, yeah. and they vote and they it, d- do special food depending on what country's performing, yeah. and yeah. It, they make a big deal out of it. So it's it's really interesting. And this competition um, started after the Second World War, so it's it's I think going to be the 68th edition. Yeah, in the 50s it started. Yeah, yeah, yeah 56. And in 2024, it's going to be in May, um, the, the hosting country will be Sweden because the country who wins the prior year hosts the competition. Except in 2023, because the country who won the prior year was the Ukraine and yeah. they, they could not host. So they had to move it to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so and, and Britain uh, did a great job in, in hosting it and paying tribute to the, uh, to the Ukrainians. And Absolutely. yeah, but it. So, but I have a bunch of questions because I know you really went down the rabbit hole uh-huh, here. Yeah. Okay. First of all, question number one: uh-huh. What is Australia the hell doing in this thing? <laughs> so, there are associate members to the European Broadcasting Union. Okay. Australia is one of them, and. Eurovision was was huge. Before they entered the competition, it was huge, widely watched. So Eurovision decided to make an exception and do a one-off and invite Australia to compete. But you also have Middle Eastern countries in this thing. Yeah. Um, if, if you're an associate member and you, you can pay your way in... Uh, you, oh, it's you, money. Yep. You have access to, to uh, entering the competition. And it's the broadcaster themselves who submit... The artist or the group, right? Like so. And another question would be: uh, the the France entry this year wasn't the the girl wasn't from France. In twenty twenty three, um, it was Lazara, who is well known in the province of Quebec, Canada. She is amazing. Yeah, she's a French. She she sung in French. Oh, um, and she represented France. Wow. Yeah. And, and I just thought the song would do so much better. I actually preferred it. Sorry, Malin. I preferred it to the Swedish song. Loreen. Yeah. Well, uh, and that's Loreen's second win. Yeah, I didn't know you could do that either. I guess you can re- – the country can resubmit you if, if you're, you've got a good song and if you're willing to do it. And what's the deal with uh, Celine Dion? Celine Dion was a prodigy in Quebec and really well-known in, in that area of the world. And – she got recruited by, I believe it was Switzerland, to represent them in the Eurovision competition huh. back in 1988. So she was just still and she won, a young right? girl. And she won. That's incredible. And uh, uh, yeah, she, she, you're allowed to enter uh, a singer from a different country as long as they agree to represent you. 
Wow, that is so cool. And, uh, you know, we were, because you, you, you started down this rabbit hole and you found pictures of Celine Dion back then and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of changes and, and stuff, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. but she always had the voice. Yes. But what was it that uh, that got you interested in, in just diving right into this thing? <laughs> so last week, a press release was issued that France had um, decided on who they were going to submit in the 2024 competition. Okay. Um, and it's a, a very well-known singer in France named Slimane. Okay. He's um, a French-born um, Algerian descent and uh, has a really amazing voice. I mean, he's been known in France for a long time. He won uh, The Voice France ah. back in 2016. Um, so he's really excited to submit his song Mon Amour. Well, let's give it a listen. Oh. Okay. Mon amour, dis-moi à quoi tu penses. Si tout ça sens, désolé si je te dérange. Mon amour, te souviens-tu de nous? Du premier rendez-vous, c'était beau, c'était fou. Je Wow. He is lights out. He's got a really beautiful voice. And, you know, hopefully this competition um, will allow him to get more international in terms of his celebrity and in terms of his, his fame. France is among five countries that get right into the final. It's one of the Eurovision rules. What? Yeah, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, and the UK. Boom, right into the final. They don't have to compete in the two semifinal nights. Um, so uh, in the final will be those five countries plus the winning country of the, the prior year. So six are already in the finals. And then two sets of ten will accompany them. Um, Based on voting. Voting, But yes. it's, it's two kinds of voting. Yeah, I, I don't even understand it. There's there's a point system that's uh, given by a panel of five judges per country. These are all musical experts. And then there's the fans that vote. And they can vote online, through uh, phone calls, through texts. Wow. So there's there's a lot of, uh, of activity. And in 2023, if I'm not mistaken, they opened it up worldwide. So people from North America could vote for their favorite European act. The catch is that the judges and the fans can't vote for their own country. Well, and that makes sense, too, because when you're comparing like a country the size of France to a country the size of Luxembourg, Mm -hmm. I understand that. Although you can vote in funny ways with that system. Well, what's the point system all about? What was it? One to eight and then 10 and 12? Yeah. What do they have against uh, 9 and 11? I, I don't know how it works. I I, 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 don't... I tried to understand it. I did spend some time, and then I, my head exploded, and I stopped. Okay. <laughs> and there's also, like, this is such a big deal. Not only is there just normally uh, Eurovision, but there's like a, a junior event, right? Oh, yeah. This is, this is a huge thing. Um, last year's winner, so um, 2022, okay. was... A little French uh, guy. Little fella. He, yeah. So you, in, in order to enter Eurovision Junior, you have to be between the ages of 9 and 14. Oh, that's sweet. I think Lissandro is 
or was 13. Right, at the time. And and that's yet to play this year, right? Doesn't it, that... So, so the, the, the 2023 junior version is going to be held in Nice, and it's at the end of this month. Oh, we, we should try and watch that, because yeah. this kid was great. He's really, he's really charismatic. He also won Junior The Voice. The Voice. France. Well, here's why. It, it's he's just loaded with charisma for 13 or whatever he yeah is. he's he's going places did you hear he spoke english in the song oh gee no i i, I didn't pick that up julie because i'm 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 francophone now i i wouldn't even have known uh, the trois, quatre, clap your hands <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, all this music conversation uh, is bringing me to the French phrase of the day. Aha. Aha. Now, right. this is in French, but the author of this uh, dicton is uh, Michel Tremblay, who is a very well-known playwright in, in Quebec. Quebec. In your Quebec. Yeah, you know, we're ca- kind of talk- marrying the Quebecers and the French today with all this, you know, well, yeah, symbiotic co- relationship. Well, for sure, you've got Celine Dion going back to 1988, mm-hmm. winning Eurovision, and then you Lazara. have Lazara, who uh, I'm telling you, that is a, she is some kind of talent. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually quite surprised that France finished as far back as they did in 20. In yeah, the, well, this there's year. some some fishy stuff apparently. Oh, there's a lot of politics with Eurovision. <laughs> there can't not be of all the rules we just described. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But here it goes. Okay. Okay. Uh, la musique. C'est un cadeau de la vie. Ça existe pour consoler, pour récompenser. Ça aide à vivre. All right. I, I honestly think I have most of this. I'm pretty sure you would have most of it. Well, yeah, but you've said that many times before. <laughs> yeah, that's true. True and, that. <laughs> uh, huge failure. Uh, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm okay. So I think I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I'm, I got 90, maybe 92% of this. All right? Okay, go for it. Uh, the music, or music, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, when you do la music, it's just, mu- in English, it would just be music. Yes. Okay, so music uh, is, uh, well, technically, you go, is one cadeau, uh, is <laughs> is one, uh, is a gift uh, yes. for for your life, for life, uh, of life, gift of life? Uh, y- yeah, is, is a gift of life. Of life uh, that exists for uh, for uh, consoling uh, for récompenser for money and no uh, récompenser is to reward someone oh, okay so it's not music for money well it's sure so yeah and to, and then to help uh, with life yes it helps life life okay so you do the English then so please. music is a gift 
of life. It exists to console, to reward. It helps to live. Oh, I see. It helps to live. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, maybe eighty-seven percent. That's pretty good. Not bad. Pretty good. I'm. I'm. You got consolé and well, you didn't get récompensé, but you got consolé, which is impressive. Well, yeah. It's 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 pretty much the uh, like. I was just hoping it was the same meaning as console in English. (laughs) But but hey, let's not uh, let's not uh, you know. I don't want to reveal my secrets (laughs) of translation. Okay. That's right. it's like the colonel's uh, secret recipe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I just don't want to, sure. you know, let's not worry about that. Okay, so here is <laughs> the phrase one more time in French. All right. La musique, c'est un cadeau de la vie. Ça existe pour consoler, pour récompenser, ça aide à vivre. Yeah, we, we, could, add, we could have added one more there, and I think we could have used it uh, pour récompenser, pour consoler, and pour... La stacking de la bois. <laughs> because uh, I, I was going to ask you, because we were out stacking wood here. We got just a... Well, so... I was going to ask you if you wanted me to put some tunes on, because I could have used them. Oh, yeah. Well, we no, but you would have you you gone, no, I prefer the quiet. I just know it, so... Well, uh, yeah. The fella... <laughs> oh, well, yeah, because we had to buy a minimum amount of wood. Yeah, we had to buy six... Cubic meters. Meters. That's a boatload. That would be. I took a look at the pile, and I'll, I'll. It's two, two and a half uh, rows deep. Uh, I'll show you. Took me took some nice pictures of our wood pile because we're proud of it before it gets all junky. Um, and uh, it would be the equivalent of, I'm going to say a Canadian bush cord. So a cord of wood in Canada, and you, you can't. <laughs> you know how you have these metric. Conversions. Uh-huh. I couldn't find. Oh, you couldn't cubic meters to cords. It's, yeah. Uh, so a cord of wood in Canada is four by eight feet by twelve inch lengths. Obviously, if they're sixteen or twenty inch lengths, the the four by eight shrinks, right? But anyway, so a, a bush cord is four of those. Mm-hmm. So four of those. Well, it cords. was it was a lot. I'm going to say it was a bush cord of wood. Yeah, and and so he backed up the truck and and emptied the back of it, and and we had this mound of wood that um, needed stacking. Needed stacking, and and you needed to chop a few because there were some larger pieces. I love chopping wood. (laughs) I do. I could chop wood all day. That could be my job. And we got the whole thing done, like even with hours, even with my arm. Um, we got the whole now, thing I just, I just now I can just hear the comments this week. Oh, great! You push your wife down a hill with dogs tied to her, and then you got her stacking wood. What are you, what, Attila the Hun? Nice, Julie. That's great. Yeah. Thanks. You're the one who wanted to do the exercise. I didn't know. I, I, I'm, I just am appealing for the sympathy, oh, but really, it was totally fine. But you know what wasn't totally fine? What's that? <laughs> Getting my picture taken for our new calendar. Oh. <laughs> what is your problem with this photo booth? Every year it's an issue. Every year. Is it your is it your squished little oval head? <laughs> you you got one of those heads that like when you were five you got caught in a bus driver, bus driver, open the door. Like it it's it's yeah. it's, it's an oval. Yeah, I wouldn't be and, and your mocking. Was... I wouldn't be mocking the shape of my head if I were you. What's inside your wedding band, by the way? What did I get engraved? 
yeah. that you saw the day we got married. This is true love right here, folks. <laughs> Do you know what my wife put in in my wedding ring that I wear? Uh, and I I discovered this while we were in the convertible car going after the ceremony. After the ceremony, you were we were hitched. And I opened up. She said, "Look in there." And I go, "Oh, that's nice. What's oh, an engravery? Thank you." Uh, to my big fat farmer head. <laughs> what the? Where does this come from? <laughs> well, you've got a big head that you you would even admit that you, you, it's well, it's kind yeah, of but... it's kind of supersized, but <laughs> it's a lot of brains in there. In, in in any case, I had a miserable time. the The reason is there are so many things that you cannot do, and the woman from the photo booth lectures you yeah. at the very beginning. No glasses, no earrings. Look straight into the camera. Your face has to be de- dead on. You can't be sideways. You can't smile. You can't show your your teeth. Your hair can't stick out of the frame. No chapeau. No, no hats. Uh, no clips in your hair. Visible clips. So it's all this. No, 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 no. No, no, no. And first of all, Julie looks like Patricia Hearst in, in her arrest photos when she takes these things anyway. And so there, the, the first batch poops out eight bucks down the drain because none of them were approved. And yep. you're looking all miserable in there. And uh, I guess I reached in and hit a button. And uh, I guess I shouldn't have. And I, I, I don't know. I didn't know that I was doing I was trying to help you out. Yeah. Just keep your hands. Yeah, and then you had to yeah. re- redo it. And those one one out of six photos worked for you. Only one out of six was acceptable by their regulations and their standards. So that's the one we went with. And mine, I went in there and, of course, banged off three perfect photos in a row. So maybe uh, we should just back up a second here. Uh-huh. Maybe someone in this room has a misshapen head, maybe it's not so much me. If you had one photo out of six Uh and I had three perfect, who's got the misshapen head? No, it was a hair issue. I think, so the rule is that you can't have hair on your face. Also, you have to show your ears. Like, you know, it's, it's like you have to be a contortionist to take these photos. And so I think that my hairstyle was a little too poofy. And that's why I got disqualified. Misshapen head. (laughs) We have nothing in the hopper for next week. Um, Still waiting on some sustained sunshine to get back out on the road and discover something cool. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll be rolling the dice again for chapter 93 of our podcast. But we hope to see you back here next Friday on Jeff and Julie Move to France During a Global Pandemic. A bientôt.